This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Scene from the thing now. I don't believe you're, you're really. Oh my god. You really think you are, yeah? You're not who you say you are. I'll just, just sit back and see what happens, eh? <laughs> Jesus. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'll be taking you back to 1987 to look at the iconic vampire movie, The Lost Boys. And I couldn't think of anybody better to talk about this show. Dan Bone, welcome back to Bite Size Cinema, mate. How are you doing? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Excited to be back on the show again uh, to talk about this awesome, awesome movie. Yeah. Well, Dan, listen, man. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. We, we originally said we'd do Masters of the Universe, and we're now on to episode five together here, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are knocking them out, mate. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you keep reading me back in, don't you? I keep luring you back. I keep saying, should we do this film? Should we do this film? And I keep thinking about another film and all that. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to have you on board, mate. But um, how you been? What you been up to? You been watching anything? Dare I say, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say <laughs> shark. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it this time. <laughs> well, I haven't been watching any shark movies yet uh, for a while. I have watched them a couple of old 50s sci-fi movies i watched that giant claw the other day mm-hmm. um yeah. which i think you said to me um was remade very loosely as q the winged serpent yes that, that's right isn't it i believe so um because the best person to speak to about that i think is gary hill he reviewed it yeah. on his podcast and i think he did both the films talking about you know the original and the remake so um if you haven't seen q Go check that out as well. It's quite a good movie. It's a typical sort of um, 70s monster movie. I think it was 70s. Yeah. David uh, It might have even been early 80s. I can't remember now. Actually, actually, no. Early 80s. Yeah, because um, I remember watching that as a double bill with Alligator. Um, oh, yeah. Night on nice. Channel 4 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So the two went quite well together, actually. So, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the... Uh, oh, I really enjoyed the giant claw, yeah. yeah. I love those kind of 50-something giant is coming to attack the city type movies. You know, yeah. I love all the shark movies, so anything like that where I can just have a bit of escapism, um, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, I, that, I watched that movie. Um, something to bring up, mm-hmm. talking of sharks, because we were having a conversation yesterday um, yeah. about quicksand oh, and how it used to shows up in... <laughs> How it shows up in loads of 80s movies. Yes. Uh, and I posted up like that little 
message that was, you know, I thought this was going to be, quicksand was going to be a bigger problem when I was a kid growing up in the 80s. Because <laughs> it was in every movie. Um, and we had a little chat back and forth, and I said, imagine a movie called Quicksand Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chucking some machine guns in there as well, or something like that. Quicksand sharks with machine guns, or something. <laughs> um, you know oh, what, yeah. man? Uh, you have touched on a bit of genius there, though, mate. Do you know what I mean? Because that is <laughs> something that is worth bringing up with a quicksand. Because now you mention it, it was everywhere, wasn't it? Because um, a lot of people posted other films as well, wasn't it? Because you had like Kroll, Princess Bride. Um, yeah. All the other films. Never ended story, never ended story yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is one. On top of everything else we were worrying about growing up in the 80s, eh? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 Aliens, you know, mutants, things in the sewers, and quicksand. <laughs> and, uh, you can do fuck all in the 80s, times. mate. <laughs> <laughs> difficult times, very difficult times. <laughs> I'm sure you can open the door to your front house because there'd be some film called Monster Door or something with big teeth or something like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Killer toaster. <laughs> I mean, they even brought out a film. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous, Dan, because when you think about it, everything. Um, they even brought out a film called Pulse, which is about electricity. Or yeah, something, trying to oh, kill you or dude, something like that. that movie yeah, freaked me out yeah. as a kid, man. You know. I was worried about electricity for years because of that movie as a kid. It really affected me because there's a scene where the woman is having a shower and yeah. the shower gets taken over by the electricity and it her burns her so badly that her mm. back all blisters up. Yeah, I was so uh, afraid of that. Yeah, I mean, this is it. I think this is why we suffer with so much trauma today, isn't it? I know, you know, I talk about this a lot on the episodes, but it is, isn't it? I can't, I can't review a film without some sort of trauma do you know what I mean because um, I was thinking about this again you know because even the fact you'd stay with you well yeah I mean it's you know I've got um, a future episode coming up The Wizard of Oz you know it's supposed to be this nice film that comes out every Christmas and then you've got that Wicked Witch haven't you I mean it's a pretty screwed up movie isn't it when you think about it so. well even <laughs> the the monkeys for me did it for me as a kid that, that was terrifying those mm. monkeys yeah when I was a child mm. um, and funnily enough you uh, I just checked out your latest episode um, oh, yeah. where you discussed Black Cauldron mm. and that was a movie I was a real big fan of when I was younger yeah. but also I was a little bit a bit scared of it as well mm. um, yeah the only so... thing that saved that really was my my parents said to me you know just don't be too afraid because look the bad guy in it um what's his name the horned king, horn king he, yeah. he looked a bit like skeletor mm -hmm. so they said you know just think of him like skeletor you're not afraid of skeletor and actually that kind of fixed it for me a little bit but as the first time i saw that i was a bit scared of that too yeah yeah no i'm, I'm with you man but um uh it's yeah it's like i say i think it's we said i think we said this in the last episode i think a lot of um films that we watched as kids probably prepared us for stuff that we deal with later in life do you know what I mean um, because there's a certain level of how, yeah. how you deal with stuff do you know what I mean there's, there's things I've dealt with in my life where I've gone 
how did that hero deal with that in that film and then on dealing with it? Do you know what I mean? I know it sounds ridiculous, but it kind of perishes for stuff in a funny sort of way. So. Absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I agree. And one film that, this is a bit of a weird tangent, but one film no, that really fine. affected me, Yeah. It, it scared me a little bit, but also really affected me was Teen Wolf because that movie was a bit scary when I was very young but also it kind of like was my insight into puberty and changes to your body and I, I, I sort of kind of I don't know I kind of linked that in with like puberty and you know going through these changes mm. I don't go out and howl at the moon or anything but well, maybe you I do Dan I don't know there's something about that movie I, I thought you <laughs> maybe actually, I do actually I thought you did <laughs> <laughs> You've got the beard for it, mate, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I've got the beard, because of Team Wolf, you see. Yeah, that's, well, this is it. Yeah, maybe you're really Team Wolf, Dan. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're only good at basketball. My wife did ask me. <laughs> no, I'm no good at basketball. My oh. wife did ask me once. She said, is the reason you've got a beard because you like werewolf films? And I actually stopped <laughs> and thought, is that, the re- is that the reason, maybe? I don't know. Maybe she's onto something. <laughs> Anybody listening to the show, if you've got a beard and you like werewolf movies, do you know what I mean? Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell, Dan. Where are we going with this show, mate? (laughs) I don't know, dude. I don't know. (laughs) Welcome to the Beard and Werewolf Movie Podcast. (laughs) Oh, dear. God, dear. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Um... I've got what movie we're reviewing now. <laughs> looking, at, um, looking at Lost Boys because, unfortunately, Joel Schumacher did pass away um, a couple of yes. weeks ago, didn't yeah. he? Um, mm-hmm. Well, this is what got us onto this episode, wasn't it? Because we we did have it in mind to do, I think. Um, but then, like I say, Joel Schumacher passed away, um, so which is incredibly sad. But like I say, we've dedicated this episode to him. Um, just to talk about him because I know he, he directed two of your uh, you mentioned a couple of Batman movies didn't you is it Batman and Robin um, he directed yeah Batman and uh, Robin and Batman Forever and, and although they're not critically acclaimed they they're fun silly movies that I kind of have a soft spot for yeah you know they get slated but he also did other movies like Flatliners which you know yes. a lot of people love with Kiefer Sutherland as well he did um, St. Elmo's Fire, which is quite Oh, popular. man, what a movie. Mm, I think that was his first film. He did that before The Lost Boys. I think that kind of what got him on the block. And then he did a film uh, with Michael Douglas, which is Falling Down. Um, oh, which I'm that sure... Is yeah. such... Uh, so good. That so might, might be one we might have to do for the show, mate. You know, Because I'm think i sure I heard you guys talk about it on your show, on Haunted Hill. <laughs> That's, that's right, yeah, because um, Gav and Gav actually said that's one for you and RJ to cover on his shows, and I'd be well up for that, because I think that's such an underrated gem. Michael Douglas is incredible in it, and it's all about, I'm all for a vigilante mm-hmm. or a guy, you know, and I know you're the same, yeah. um, the underdog, yeah. certainly the underdog in that movie. Mm. Yeah, he goes in, yeah, I'd love he? to talk about that. <laughs> I don't want to be your friend or something, don't you, to the guy behind the burger counter, isn't it? <laughs> you just want a little breakfast. That's right. And they um, say to him, uh, well, we stopped serving breakfast two minutes ago. And mm. he's like, yeah, but I can see the breakfast on the shelf right there. Yeah. So I just want the breakfast. And they're like, we can't serve you. And he said, but the breakfast are right there. And then he pulls out the garden and... Uh, 
Look at this story excuse for a burger. It looks nothing like that up in the picture, doesn't it? On the wall, he says it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. Yeah, I... Schumacher definitely directed a, a range of movies. You know, horror, action. He did Phone Booth, which I'm a big fan of as well. Mm -hmm. Then he did Phantom of the Opera. Um, you yeah. know, he's, he's done some, you know, a, a whole range of different genres yeah i believe the phantom, music videos as well phantom of the opera was uh, an early gerald butler am i is that right did he do phantom i can't yeah gerald butler's in, in that uh, yeah i don't i don't know how early in his career it was but it's definitely gerald butler yeah um so yeah I no, i wasn't a fan of it um, I think that uh, Joel Schumacher, as a director, I would say this about him, is I think that he did what he wanted to do as a director, looking at his films. So, um, you know, you're talking about the Batman and Robin, I think that's what he had in his mind to do and he did it. Um, yeah. And, you know, with the film we're going to talk about today, I think was, The Lost Boys was originally going to be a Richard Donner film, who did, obviously, The Goonies and Lethal Weapon. And it's originally going to be a kids' mm. movie, much like the Goonies. And then Joel Schumacher took it on because Richard Donner went to go and do Lethal Weapon, and he said, Ooh. "I want to make it. I want to make it into a a sexy sort of vampire movie with the kids a bit older, you know, motorbikes, and exactly what we get now, you know." So I think he does oh, a great yeah. job of it. Um, but yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah he so definitely had a vision, and uh, it's a very unique vampire movie. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, um, and the other thing I was going to quickly say, Dan, I think you just mentioned it a minute ago, it was Ernie O'Morricani. Um, sad to hear, was that today that he passed away? It was, yeah, it was actually today, um, creator of some incredible musical themes for, for movies like The Thing, as, as we, we all mimic that theme tune to The Thing, but it's an incredible mm. little piece of music, a lot of, uh, atmosphere behind it oh my but God, a whole yeah. bunch of movies he did didn't he uh, he did all the um, Sergio Leone movies didn't he obviously um, the iconic um, you know Good, the Bad and the Ugly um, he also did The Untouchables as well didn't he I mean that's a great score that is one of my favourite pieces mm. of music I love that that score to that is incredible and Tarantino brought him back to do um, <clears throat> The Hateful Eight he did so he did the music for The Hateful Eight as well do you know about that score I think you guys talked about it on your show, didn't you? Um, was um, it was actually remind me. <laughs> okay, the score or some of the score for the Hateful Eight is unused material from the thing. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. So um, yeah, some of the some of the some of the material we didn't use for the thing he used for uh, the Hateful Eight. So that kind of because you know people say the Hateful Eight is a is the thing, isn't it? You know. Uh, a roundabout sort of way um, with yeah an isolated snowy bloke several yeah. blokes trapped in a little place no one trusts anybody yeah definitely with Kurt Russell and the dude on the stagecoach who looks like McCready and everything so yeah so there's a little bit of trivia there for that oh yeah um, so yeah so it's a bit of a sad loss for that this week do you know what I mean with or you know with Joel and Ernie unfortunately these things usually come in freezes why you know dare I say it? I don't want to say it but you know what I mean in the film world you know when people die it goes in that yeah I know what you mean 
I mean, Ennio Marconi was 91, so he definitely had a fantastic life, but you're yeah. right. There's people out there that I still, I think, gosh, how are they still going, you know, and someone like, dare I say it, but somebody like John Carpenter, who's always constantly smoking, and, mm. you know, and, or um, Dario Argento or somebody like, mm. oh, like yeah, gosh, absolutely. we need to wrap these guys up in cotton wool and <laughs> they can look after them. <laughs> There's a hundred million fans out there now, just wrapping, wrapping carpenter up in bubble wrap. <laughs> it's all right. We need to. Please. It's all right, John. It's okay. We're going to chuck a video game and some cigarettes in there for you, just to keep you going. <laughs> oh dear. He loves a cigarette. He does love a cigarette. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's all he does now. He plays video video games. I think when he's an executive producer on a film, he just takes a paycheck and opens the door, puts his head in, and then just brings it back. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> back onto my video game. <laughs> he um, does love the video games. It's oh, crazy, man. but you know, it's cool. He's done what he does, what he want to do. He, you know, yeah, so. he, he's, I don't need to say that he's, you know, he's a legend, absolute legend. And, um, he's a legend. A little bit of news there, Dan, as you, you might already know, I've actually got, um, talking about John Carpenter, I'm going to be doing The Thing. Um, I'm finally getting around to doing that for Bite Size Cinema. And I've got uh, one, of the nice. biggest, one of the biggest Thing fans out there, a guy called Peter Abbott. little shout out to Pete. He's um, He's been to the actual location. He's met John Carpenter loads of times. Um, he's actually been created into a comic book character with one of John Carpenter's latest magazines. He's, he's on the Blu-ray what? extras and everything, so... I'm getting him on the show to have a talk about all that stuff, so... Um, yeah, so it'd be good. That's insane. That's exciting and he's, insane. Yeah, he's he's up there as one of the biggest fans, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. That's so he's brilliant. Well, that, that'll be exciting to hear. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, on a very good note, a uh, quick shout out to Ricky Morgan from Helming Power. He's got some good news today. Uh, he's, his grandson uh, was born, I think it was either this week or today or this week, and I just thought I'd give him a shout out. And congratulations, our good buddy, one of our fellow yeah. uh, Legion brothers. And um, I love the name of his grandson. Great news. Um, I have spoken to Rick about this and his little grandson is called Rocky Kowalski and I think that is a brilliant such name. a great name Rocky a great name yeah, so there love it. congratulations Rick so um so should we have a look at this movie then Dan should we get a trailer playing and get into the oh, yeah. boys mate yeah so alright guys so let's take you back to Santa Carla let's get on the motorbikes let's play you guys a trailer and we will see you soon Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So where are you? The flying nun? I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp stick. 
You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till Mom finds out, buddy. When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. Michael, they're coming! Oh, Hello and welcome back guys. So the synopsis of this film is after moving to a new town, two brothers discover that the area is a haven for vampires. It's a horror comedy, it's rated 15, it's got 7.3 on IMBD and a 90 minute runtime. Dan, The Lost Boys man, what a vampire movie eh? <laughs> what do we have to say about this movie man? Yeah. Wow, I mean, it's it's my favourite vampire movie of all time. Mm. Um, so that's you know quite quite a big thing for me to say. Um, I put this above Fright Night, although it's in that kind of same vein as Vamp from Fright Night. You've got that '80s vampire feel to it. But like we were saying, you know, before the trailer, it's such a unique film. It's hilarious. It's actually quite scary at times. Uh, got a fantastic cast, uh, and it's just so different really you know it's told from almost a teen perspective so it appeals to that that teen audience member oh it's just awesome do you you remember when you first watched it i was probably in my early teens um and it was probably on television i don't think maybe we rented it out maybe my parents rented it out and we watched it that way i wouldn't have seen it in the cinema i was too young but I do remember watching it when I was probably about the age of, you know, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim in this, probably about 13 or 14. Yeah. And I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. It appealed to me, obviously. I saw myself as that character. I think we all did, mate, at yeah. that time. Because I think, um, I mean, I think I watched this probably about 1989 because it took a little bit of a time to get to VHS, didn't it, in, in those times? Yeah. And I actually saw... My first viewing of this was around my mate's house, who I watched um, all these great movies. I watched Demons around his house, um, and there was a load of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street stuff like that. His brother was a massive horror fan. His bedroom was littered with horror, do you know what I mean? Posters, all this sort of stuff. And Mm. I walked in to him watching The Lost Boys, and it was that bit when the Frogbug brothers turn up on their their, um, BMX bikes. You know, when, uh, oh, yeah. when Corey, was it Corey Phil? <laughs> we better make a phone call, that's okay, we're on it, and all this, you know, the way of voice it does. And I just walked in on that bit, <laughs> and so I watched it from there onwards. And it is the pinnacle point in the movie, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? They go into the lair and everything, we get onto that later on. And I was like, oh my God, what is this film? And then, you know, I was just like, oh wow, this is amazing, do you know what I mean? And I was buzzing. And I was just hooked from there onwards, do you know what I mean? And, um, I think that Christmas, I think it was on that Christmas on TV and I watched it and I just fed enough of it. And um, I watched it last night, you know, for the show. And I, I'm in love with that movie just as much as I was back then. Do you know what I mean? This, I, I never get tired of this film. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, just, I'm exactly the same. Um, I probably end up watching it once or twice a year um, because it's just that kind of movie, really. If not, sometimes more, you mm. know. I usually watch it over Halloween, but then it's... It's kind of a good movie to watch when the summer starts coming in as well because you know it's, it's set in a very hot place 
yeah. and you kind of get that vibe from it. You know, I just want to be there on the beach with the guy with the saxophone, RJ. Just... Oh, God, yeah. What, covering yourself in grass or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> He's so oily, isn't he? He's all slick. And... Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> He's like a WWF wrestler, isn't he? Was it Hitman? He reminds me of like, like um, yeah, he reminds me of the Hitman. Yeah, yeah, he does. Mm, that's it. That's kind yeah, of totally. what I was getting back then, and it, it kind of fitted the time. Um, but I think I, told, I think I said this to you before in the last episode. I've actually been to Santa Cruz where they filmed the Lost Boys. Um, I don't know if you ever been there. Have you been there, Dan? So the I've not. No, I've only ever been to New York um, in in the states. So I was on a flight. I was on a uh, sort of road trip around America and I went to Santa Cruz and it's exactly the same as it is in the movie same it was really hot Um, I went to the locations and I took my daughter who was only 18 months at that time and she had her first Mm. carousel ride on the carousel which is in the movie I've got pictures of it somewhere really yeah yeah I said to I said to my daughter you know my daughter Megan I said yeah She's already saying words then, but you know, put it on there. Your first carousel ride is going to be for this iconic movie, and it's exactly what it's like. It's exactly the same, and yeah. <laughs> so it was great. I was just having a massive. I've uh, heard. I've heard nothing fits. much has changed. No, even the um, car park's still there. You know, the bit, bit at the beginning with the security guard. You know, he gets zipped away. That's all there. Um. And we was even staying in a, a holiday park up in the hills, which looks exactly the same to the house that they live in. Do you know what I mean? The same sort of vibe and aesthetic and everything. So, yeah, yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, they're not happy with this movie, though, are they? That Because um, that city, because, you know, it's now got the tagline of the murder capital of the world, and they weren't very happy with that. <laughs> Is that now? I read that as well. Now, is it because the, it does have a problem with crime, or is it just because of this film? It did. I think it did in the seventies. There was like two serial killers in a row or something in the seventies, and but then because of this film as well, I think it, people. Obviously, but obviously, there's probably places that have got higher murder rates than this place. But uh, I know it was a bit of a stigma that they had for a while. Yeah. Uh, for sure I, I went there I, I survived I've been doing <laughs> I've been doing night shifts ever since I come back and I don't like the sunlight but I survived and I came back <laughs> I don't really like garlic or crosses you've been wearing, you've been wearing sunglasses a lot yeah, is that yeah, what this is <laughs> got a dog called Fawn my own brother <laughs> got, got bad breath long fingernails hair like Jim Morrison <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that. I love that they all—they are all so cool. I mean, the cast is incredible in this, isn't it? As well, you oh know, you've God. got everybody in this. Really, mm. it's it, it's one of those films where um, I like everybody in this film. It's it's very clever to actually have the bad guys just as good as the as the good guys. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? You can, they're very cool. Of, well, they're incredibly mm. cool. You kind of want to be in their gang with yeah. them, you know. Mm. He's because he's not um, a vicious. Well, he is vicious, isn't he, um, David, and the leader of the pack and all that. But he just does it in a very charming sort of way, and I guess that goes with all vampires, doesn't it? Really, 
Um, they will kill you. Yeah. Well, but they'll do it in a charming yeah. sort of way, isn't it? You know what I mean? Very sort of sexy. Um, and I suppose that's another big point, isn't it? Of vampire movies, there it is sex is involved, isn't it? That's. I think John Carpenter said that in one of his films with vampires. He said, if there's no sex, it's not a vampire movie. So it's kind of got that sort of thing. Yeah, it's all about seduction. Mm. Uh, um, because, you know, to be crude, vampires do exchange bodily fluids. It's yeah. Obviously, it's blood, but there's, there's that whole kind of undertone of sex that addiction that goes with being a vampire and they're always incredibly cool and sexy anyway uh, yeah. you know and particularly if you've got bleach blonde hair like Kiefer Sutherland with an earring and a motorbike then wow you, yeah I mean, you know, that's... you're badass aren't you and he he's quite nice to um to Michael as well you know he, he sort of yes he's not like you said he's not vicious mm -hmm. he sort of says you know you want to be in the gang come on this is this is, this is what it's all about Obviously, it doesn't work out well, but... <laughs> no, and like I say, I think that's the thing. I think someone's heard the same conversation about Jerry Dandridge on a Friday night tangent, because he's the same, isn't he? He's very charming. Um, he kind of wanted Charlie to not get involved, didn't he? Kind of gave him that chance. And it's a similar sort of thing, you know, in these vampires in these films. Um... They will kill you, but they'll do it, do it in a charming way. But um, very quickly, um, <laughs> yeah, let's, go, let's, let's check out their wardrobe. <laughs> um, it's great, isn't it? The clothes that they wear as well. It's very sort of um, 80s, but bohemian, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's very, it's got a real, um, it's got its own identity, isn't it? You know what I mean? You know, I, I don't think I've seen that. Um, anywhere else in any other movie no you're right um the way i mean the, the way the vampires dress is certainly very unique mm. um but it, just the dress in this it's just incredibly 80s you know some of Corey Haim's oh shirts gosh, yeah. and his dressing gown is just ridiculous but in, in a, an amazing way as well you know it's <laughs> another reason i love it really is it really really captures that feel of the 80s mm. and we haven't even talked about the music and the score yet jesus i mean oh. do you want to yeah, let's touch uh, on that. Just after we've just checking out your civilian wardrobe. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> civilian wardrobe, man. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, I mean, Dan, yeah, I was going to get onto that with the music, man. I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? Um, it, it, I've, I've listened to this song so many times. Um, I've listened to the soundtrack so many times in my car, particularly um, to the point where I thought I can't listen to this soundtrack again shortly and i put it on and go yes i can it's just it and i think the thing with it it just takes me back to santa carla it takes me back to the movie do you know what i mean the the, the song cry little sister it just it, it almost pulls yeah. you into the tv screen as you hear it and you think you're going to on this adventure or this ride you know it's just it's amazing even the that we touched on a bit, even the guy singing on stage who sings, you know, I still believe mm. that song. I still love that song as well. It's so eighties, and yep. and it really evokes that sexy, sleazy, late night vampire. You know, he's all oily, so that helps, I suppose. But uh, you know what, Dan, that's, <laughs> a, that's the second time you brought that up now. <laughs> I mean. It might not be I'm, the last. I know I'm going to get you for Christmas, mate. I'll get you a saxophone and some uh, oil. 
<laughs> Happy Christmas. Well, he's even got a chain around his neck, hasn't he? It's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's just so weird, but mm. I love it. It's, I love it. It's, yeah, it's weird, but it, it just works so well. And wouldn't you love to spend a night in that theme park? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And I think I've heard you mention this before as well with watching films, particularly I know you watch the Burbs, get our little Burbs reference in there. Yeah, absolutely. And you you say comfort foods, you know, and it is, isn't it? You know, you watch this film, and even though it's a horror film, it just feels like comfort food, doesn't it? I mean, it it takes you to a nice, cosy place, you know. you know, you've got the Frog Brothers in their comic book stores, Vampire Hunters. You've got the Vampire Gang, you've got the Carousel, you've got the guy on the saxophone. Um, everybody seems to be having a good time, don't they? Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just awesome. It's just so cool. Yeah, and, and even though, you know, it's obviously horrible things are happening as the movie works mm. out, it never feels too threatening. It's always fun as well. That's the, There's an element of fun all the way through this, yeah. you know. So it's not doing anything devious. It's it's just a fun movie. You know, obviously there's a few beheadings or whatever, but um, yeah. But this, I think you've. <laughs> yeah, this is the weird thing with this film, though, isn't it? Because there is horror, but it doesn't feel. Do you know what I mean? You don't come away and think. I feel, yeah. I feel massively affected by this movie. Um, it's it's very cleverly done. And the other thing I was going to mention as well was the. Um, Peter Pan element to this film as well, isn't it? It's got the, um, it's based on the Peter Pan story, obviously, with the Lost Boys and Michael and, you know, never growing old and living forever and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of like that sort of aspect to it as well. Yeah, because I think apparently some of the characters' names in the original screenplay were actually the the children's names from the Peter Pan story. And they kept um michael um and i think david was one of them as well yes. but they they changed a few of them um yeah and there's even a dog in this or a couple of dogs actually much like there was in peter pan as well so yeah. there's definitely those elements and, and obviously they can fly like the lost boys could, could as well in peter pan so yeah, that's right you can fly you can fly and um, also the girl <laughs> the, the the love interest in this is called star which is the Obviously, in Peter Pan, they fly to the star to go to Never Neverland. So uh, that's, the ref- yeah. that's the reference there as well. Um, and I guess the character uh. we haven't mentioned is uh, Max. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, he's he's probably the coolest bloke in the eighties there, isn't he? With his video store. I dare say that would probably be me in my forties. He is a pretty cool like guy, that. you know. He's, <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> Welcome to RJ McCready's video store in Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be coming in there to hire movies every weekend from you. Don't you worry about that. Are you looking for a job, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Do I look that desperate? <laughs> Yeah. What does he say to her? You have a uh, oh, I can't remember what it is now. He says something, but um, yeah, he's see for me when I watched this. When I found out about the Peter Pan element, he's kind of like the Captain Hook character as well. Just I kind of place him as that character. So, yeah, do you know and what I mean? he's kind of a real, it's a real um, little trick, isn't it? As well, this movie 
really tricks you mm. like, the first time you see it into thinking you know we'll, obviously we'll get into that later but towards the end when you realize that he's the head vampire you're like whoa i thought it was david oh my god mm. yeah <laughs> i remember as a kid being blown away by that it tricks you but then the frog brothers and um sam they've already worked it out haven't they but because obviously the bit we'll get into later on with the dinner table and all that um so they kind of it's very clever how that story sort of keeps you guessing doesn't it all the way up until the end um and do you know about um mm. the us connection as well you know the jordan peele movie us i haven't seen that yet but tell me mate what is it so um if i remembering this correctly because i've only seen it the once but at the very beginning it's set in 1987 um and they it's set in santa carla or santa mm. cruz and they are i can't remember the opening scene now but basically they allude to oh they're filming over there they're moving, making some vampire movie oh, over really? there oh that's clever and so they just touch on the fact that they're making the lost boys in us so look out for that when you do get around to it okay, yeah, I, like I think that. the opening scene <clears throat> I love Easter eggs like that. I think that's brilliant. Um, the other thing I was going to say, it's um, not a massive budget to this film either. Uh, $7 million. So um, that's quite low budget, right. really, back in that time. Uh, always like to chuck that one in. That is very, very low. And they and you can tell they didn't have a lot of money for effects. So when they do do the effects, they're, they're very few and far between, but they look incredible. Um you know, we don't see much of the vampires flying other than a point of view, which would have been very cheap to do. And it works really well. And the makeup is only really used at the very end. The contact lenses and the makeup. And it looks brilliant. But other than that, it's very hardly any special effects, really. Yeah. So I, I can see how they would kept that budget down. Yeah, this is the other thing. It's something because the effects are so good, but so simple. And... I don't even think about it, do you know what I mean? And it, it, it's, it doesn't look out of date now either, does it? Do you know what I mean? When you look at it, because it's all done very well with the prosthetic. Uh, put my teeth back in, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but I think this uh, yeah, no. this style of vampire was the start to, I would say, other films like with the vampires in From Dust Till Dawn. They've still got similar sort yeah, of Yeah, I agree. Um, Buffy the Vampire. Buffy and Angel. Exactly, um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but like you say, well, you don't, yeah, there's certain scenes where you don't, what you don't see is what you imagine, uh, which has obviously worked before, isn't it, with films like Jaws. Do you know what I mean? You, you can do an Yeah, because when you see, you're seeing something flying down at a car or a guy, you don't need to see that vampire flying. Mm. It would have probably looked terrible in 1987, but instead we just see them scared looking back at the camera like, Whoa, what? and you're thinking, well, what, what, they, what can they see? And like yeah. you said, less is more. That's it. We'll, we'll come down and grab you. And as we grab you, you try to grab hold of that car door and it just pulls off. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> bit when he, that just shows how strong the vamps are. Oh my God, yeah. Um... So, yeah, I, I think that's all the trivia and production stuff, Dan. So, do you want to, um, do, you want to do us a bite-sized review on the on the Lost Boys then, mate? Do you want to give us a bit of storytelling on this? <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> I love your storytelling, um, man. So, it's <laughs> it kind of reminds me uh, of Karate Kid in some ways because we've we got these people moving to a new town in America. You know, they're going to be a little bit out of place. Do you get that vibe? Do you know what I mean? Yep. 
and I think it's a, I think it works so well as well. And that's a good um, example from the uh, you know Karate Kid, similar sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so um, David, um, Michael, Sam. Um, uh, oh, actually, we no, we do start off with um, a little bit of. You do actually get to meet David and his crew on that famous carousel that you mentioned. Actually, I forgot that that's the opening scene. Yeah, he walks on on the boardwalk, doesn't um, he? So. That's right. He starts a bit of a fight with somebody, doesn't he? And and um, they get thrown off the boardwalk by a security guard who, later on in the car park, as we mentioned, something flies down, attacks him, uh, rips the door off of his car because he's still gripping the handle and that's kind of it really we just get that fade into that music now then the uh echo um, and the bunnyman was it people are strange oh man what a great song that is yeah. to start this movie off it's a great song yeah originally by um the doors wasn't it as well yeah and that's the reason why uh jason one of the reasons why jason patrick got picked for this role because they um joel schumacher thought he looked like um jim morrison so he really like does it's remind me of him actually there's yeah. a poster of him up somewhere in the film um, in, and there's in, a definitely there, similarity yeah so there's a little bit of a tie in there with that oh that's cool I didn't realise that yeah. Um, so yeah Michael, Sam and their mum uh, they're moving to Santa Carla and they drive past that sign that says the murder capital of the world people are strange is playing and we do get to see just this crazy bunch of people that live in this city don't mm. we I think it's a great, it's just a great introduction, isn't it? You just get little flashes of different characters. Um, there's a guy, funny enough, with this like, oh, Jay McCready, with his hat and his glasses. I just chucked yeah. on the page the other day. I never noticed that before. Um, I never noticed that. And then I had to pause it when I watched this the other night. I thought, I must look out for that character. Mm. And I saw him straight away and I thought, God, he, they, there's definitely a similarity there. <laughs> See, Kurt Russell did survive in the end. I wonder if that was intentional or just complete coincidence. I don't think so. It must have been a coincidence. <laughs> moved to Santa Carla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got his, his ball, JB. <laughs> he was go? just, it was too cold, so he decided to go somewhere hot. Yeah, there you go. He went to Santa Carla and now he's dealing with vampires. God, you imagine that RJ turning up with his flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite lines. The ends. That's it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so um, people are strange, etc., etc. Loads of crazy people. I love the bit where they get to um, to, to Grandpa's house because they're staying oh, with... Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and, and he's dead, isn't he? He's lying there dead. <laughs> and, and the kids are like, if Grandpa really is dead, can we just go back home? She's yeah. like, come on, come on. And it's he's just taking the piss. And already, straight away, you find out this grandpa is mental. <laughs> He's just not your normal grandpa. It, it, it's a show-stealing. He's a show-stealing character, isn't he? Because he looks like um, Woody Nelson, doesn't he? The old country western singer. That's what I always think. And it's just he has he has all the lines, doesn't he? When they're at the house, you know. Yeah, he's like, rules, we've got rules. The second shelf in the fridge is mine. Uh, root beers and my double-thick Oreo cookies. You do not touch the second shelf. That's mine. It kind of <laughs> he lays down the ground rules of the house. Um, he's really into taxidermy as well because they mentioned that house reminds him. Oh yeah, that's right. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing there, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and then I know you're very uh, your fa- one of your favourite lines is when they ask him about the TV guide. Oh mate, yeah, that's it. It's just have you got a TV, Grandpa? No, I just read the TV guide. Got the TV guide. <laughs> Don't need a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, I tell you, it's just, it's just brilliant, isn't it? 
And then he says about the little label, doesn't he? He's a... Yeah, don't don't peel the label off. You might be tempted to, but don't, because it rips the cover. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is a vampire movie, and we've got this character who's into taxidermy. You know, he wears later on. He wears window Windex. Is oh, that right. like, what's he doing in a vampire movie? I don't know, but it works. It what's, works. What's good for aftershave around here? Got some Windex out going for. Oh yeah, that do just fine. Lovely. <laughs> Got a date with the widow Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he's brilliant he's fantastic oh god oh dear he, he really is he really is and the payoff the payoff for that character at the end of the movie you know it, it's brilliant when he just that last line that he says you're just like oh he knew about this thing the whole time and it just so good it just finishes the film so well doesn't it I know we jump in there but it does doesn't it just make the support I think sometimes I mentioned this to Rick in Big Trouble in Little China episode Sometimes the ending to a film is vital, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because it's that little bit that you just remember and it just works so well for this movie. Yeah, you want to go out on a high. You certainly do with mm. this movie, for sure. Um, so we get my favourite scene, I still believe, <laughs> where we all head out at night. So they go out exploring. Um, you know, this is just a taste of what this this town is like, really. You know, we've got, we've got a rock band on stage. People are like dancing and reveling um and michael spots this beautiful woman in the crowd called star doesn't yeah, he, he like, yeah yeah he's uh he's very interested in her sam's annoyed some his little brother's sort of you know pay attention to me <laughs> stop yeah, looking he, at the girl he kind of knows that he's gonna lose his brother now doesn't he to a girl doesn't he which he's a little bit sort of upset about isn't it so he says something you let your sex hormones control you bruv something like that <laughs> <laughs> I love that there's um, lots of um, missing children posters just subtly placed here and there throughout, you know, oh, yeah, indicating right, that yeah. there's, there's an underbelly of something sinister happening in the town as well. That's right, because you get the security guard uh, pinned up on the wall as well, didn't you, from the, begin- from the beginning of the film. He's he's joined the, the, the missing people, isn't he, board? Yeah, there's loads of people going missing in this town. I wonder why. Mm. Um the Lost Boys enter Max's video store. Uh, Max is very strict with them. He's not afraid of them. He says, you know, I've told you not to come in here. Leave. Please go. And mm-hmm. uh, their mum, sort of Lisa. Is it Lisa the mum? That's her name, isn't it? Uh, yes. Lucy. Lucy, um, sorry. So I had to look them for a minute. Yeah, it's Lucy, yeah. She's very kind. She's like, oh, come on. They were just kids, you know. Um, I'm sure they're... Uh, they're harmless, really. We all did things like that when we were younger. And Max is like, oh, you're very kind. That's you right. seem like a, such a good soul. That's what I said. So they get have, chatting in there. You have a generous nature. I like that. Yeah, it's a very yeah. charming chat-up line, isn't it? <laughs> and if you didn't know he was a vampire, I mean, he's just so charming. But mm. see, that is part of being a vampire, isn't it? He's yeah. so lovely to her. Um. And I think he is that where he offers her the job, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's what we said earlier, isn't it? She said, you know, I'm looking for, and he goes, a job? And she goes, yeah. And he, he offers her the job, doesn't he? And um, did you notice in the background, there's actually a Goonies poster or VHS? It's almost like a sort of blink and you miss it, but it's like a little hidden Easter egg to... Uh, I have heard that there is. I've not, I haven't ever been able to see it, but I've heard that it's yeah, there, definitely. I, I only noticed it the other night because you... You know, when you're podcasting, you just sort of see stuff with a little bit of a critical eye, and I just noticed it. But yeah, she's just behind Lucy, but there you go. 
But um, yeah, so we've got a VHS vampire. But we don't know it yet, do we? Not this. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. That, <laughs> that would be a good movie name, VHS Vampire, wouldn't it? Hello, and welcome to the VHS Vampire Podcast. Today's episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that, I think. <laughs> I went to my VHS store and I was like, God damn, vampire in there. I've got to go and sort it out. I've got to go and save my VHS. <laughs> Well, talking of the Goonies and talking of people sorting out vampires, we next get to meet Edgar and Alan Frog, don't we? Oh, man. This, um, is, the, this is the other thing, though, Dan, is what I'm saying. You've got a cool VHS store, then you've got a comic book store with the Frog Brothers. You're like, boom. <laughs> it's so cool, aren't they? Oh, and man. it's um, obviously it's uh, Corey Feldman. Uh, and I, don't, I never know the other guy's name, actually. Um, it's quite bad, but I've not really seen him in much else, really. Oh, is it? Um, it's James Jameson Newlander. That's it. So um, I don't you know he's probably been in things, but well, I'll tell you what else he's in. He's in the Blob, nineteen eighty-eight, and he, oh, really? he plays a cinema rusher. So next time huh. you watch that, you look out for him. That's the only other film I know him in. But um, yeah, but he's cool. I mean, could you imagine that, like Dan? I've said this before. There's some roles. Yeah, I think you'd take that as an actor, wouldn't you? Like now, if you absolutely, people, oh yeah, I was one of the Frog Brothers. <laughs> that's it. Absolutely, I'm done. I've done. That's it. I've done. That's my acting career. I'm done. <laughs> oh dear, but I know you're definitely man. Um, a... And it, they're, 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 they they steal the show a little bit. Oh, these guys, yeah, you know, yeah. they they know their shit about vampires. They and they they seem very odd and weird, but and they don't like Sam initially. Then Sam doesn't seem to like them, but obviously they end up becoming good buddies as well. Yeah. Um, like I say, this way he comes out and he goes, I'm just checking out your civilian wardrobe, isn't it? And all that. And they're just, um, I think purposely they were told by Joel to watch uh, Sylvester Stallone movies and Chuck Norris movies, weren't they? To get into that sort of um, character development, wasn't it? So I think that's amazing yeah. that, that Corey Feldman is watching Chuck Norris movies to try and think, right, how would he act? <laughs> this was the first movie the two Coreys were in together, wasn't it, as well? Well, that's right, because they went on to go and do, was it License License to Drive, was it, after this, I think? Um, did a couple of other Yeah, they, they did a couple of ones together, but um, this was the first one, and uh, um, they became really close because they were the youngest mm. on set. So when whenever they'd wrap for shooting for the day, the other cast would all go out and party or whatever, but they were too young, so they just spend all their time in the amusement arcades and yeah. on the boardwalk. Uh, and listening to music and reading comic books so they kind of like lived the life really of the, the actual Frog Brothers um, the two Corys um, became really close because of it I think Corey, um, which is nice. Corey Feldman say that this is one of his favourite shoots to be on or something like that I think uh, Ricky yeah Butler, he said I think he said it's, I think he said it was the greatest experience of his career This making this film yeah. I think he said something like that and I think Ricky Butler in the Burbs is one of his favourite characters that he's played or something like that. But um, I know you're, on a slight tangent, Dan, I know you're a big fan of Corey Feldman, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I've heard you say it before you know, we... on your show and stuff like that, but um, yeah, it's just... Well, we, you mentioned this last time we talked. You mentioned, you know, what a career, what a, career, what a, what a great CV mm. he's had. You know, he was in a Friday the 13th movie, The Goonies, Gremlins, Lost Boys, The Burbs, and probably a bunch of other stuff. Stand by me, mm. you know, just a fantastic 
little selection of roles really yeah he's um, he's one of those he's one of those blokes who i just can't not like if you know what i mean it's just do you remember that video i think mark lockhart posted it on your page ages ago where it's like it it's just shot in one take isn't it if him getting out of bed and walking and running around his mansion <laughs> singing oh or something. God, when he, it's because he well he's got a music career now hasn't he this is yeah. it so <laughs> yeah and it was just him singing to the camera it's just very it, strange it, stuff. It, he got married in las vegas or something like that didn't he Obviously, he had this wedding i seem to remember but yeah he's 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 got a rock and roll lifestyle i think right now <laughs> I think he, well, apparently when he turned up on set um, the first day, he was on a real cocaine come down. Mm. Now, bear in mind how young, yeah. young he was. Mm. And Joel Schumacher said, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say to you, go home, rest, get some sleep. And when you come back tomorrow, I want you to be ready for this role. And he did. And he, he got off of everything, you know, for the duration of this movie, at least. But he was quite a young lad. So to be getting yeah. into that kind of a lifestyle already is... He must, he must have just been in his teens, wasn't he? He wasn't all that old, I would have thought. Yeah, he must have been. Because mm. they're all very young in this. I mean, he'd only made um, Stand By Me the year before with Kiefer Sutherland. And um, Kiefer Sutherland lied about his age in this to get this role in, in The Lost Boys. He told them he was a year or two years older than he actually was. Um, I think he was only 17, um, Kiefer Sutherland, oh, right. uh, when he made this. So they're all very, very young in this. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, it's... But I guess that was the 80s, wasn't it, really? It was a bit, all a bit crazy, really. Yeah, was... we, we kind of laugh about it, but actually there's some sad stuff that came out of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. But I'd imagine it's probably a, it's a lot for these guys, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You know, the, you know, being in a theme park is a good example. It's like you're on this sort of roller coaster, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Um, young. Yeah, for having sure, fun, man. Things get a bit out of hand. But like you're saying, in all fairness to Corey Feldman, he pulled his act together, didn't he, for this movie? You know, whatever was going on in his you know, private life, but he pulled it together. Which isn't, I don't think that's really noticeable on screen, if you know what I mean. I wouldn't no, have thought that he would yeah. have had a drug um, problem. No, because some actors you can tell a little bit perhaps, but Corey Feldman just always act like a bit of a stoner. You know, in every movie he's in, he's always just a bit cool, a bit mm. laid back, you know. Um, God, we, he was even in the Ninja Turtles movie, which we talked about last. I've just realised that yeah, as well. So this is the thing when you start talking about it, really like, and he was in. Um, I think you mentioned it, didn't you? Gremlins, he was in as well. Yeah, Gremlins as well. Loads of stuff. This is it. You know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. He's he's had a hell of a career, man. Just uh, like I say, big fan of this guy. Yeah. So him and um, him and Alan, they his brother, they tell Corey Feldman, they warn him, you know, that there's, they tried to get him to take a comic book about vampires. And he's like, I'm not really into horror comics really. And he's like, Oh, there's a number on the back. Pray you never need to call us. <laughs> so they're trying to basically say to him, like, we know about truth, justice in the American way. <laughs> We're dedicated to a higher purpose. And he's like, uh, my favorite line is when they say, there's a number on the back. Pray you never need to call us. And Sam's like, okay, I'll pray I never need to call you. Yeah, that's it. Is it with a hint of sarcasm there, isn't it? Thinking, what the hell are these guys? You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's brilliant. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, so... David and Star do manage to hook up. So David mm -hmm. does manage to sort of meet up with this this ethereal woman that he's seen earlier, and they they go on a bike ride. I think she goes on his bike. Oh no, sorry, I'm thinking of Michael 
David and, and Star go off on a bike ride. Um, and this is where that couple that are in the back of a car, I think, isn't she reading a comic book or something in the back of this car? And, yes. and he's trying to, like, kiss her or something. Yeah, he's trying to sort of seduce <laughs> her, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? A boyfriend or whatever. And um, she starts hearing something scratched, doesn't she? And she said, do you hear something he's That's right. not interested in? And all of a sudden, was it, the brief pulls up, doesn't it? And again, it's like you said, you don't really see what happens do you just see them look up and yeah, get like a POV yeah. don't you you see nothing at all really no. um, just the roof gets taken off and, and that's it really and we're assuming that vampires have come and ripped them out of the car which yeah. they, they obviously have they fly off and that's it isn't it And um, so you've got some more victims here haven't you a little bit more um, horror stuff going on in this movie um, and then I think you go back yeah to all sorts going on in the background is it the same night where they go back and then they pick up Michael, is this a bit where they go? Uh, so it's the yeah, it's the following night. Um, oh, yeah. This is the bit I was getting muddled up with. So Star and Michael start talking on the following night. So they're oh, obviously yeah, going back to this right. boardwalk every night, and um, she's about to get on Michael's because um, he's got a motorbike as well. And David says, "Don't go with him, Star." And he sort of has power over her because we find out that she's only half vampire, mm. um, and and Michael sort of and him have this sort of standoff and eventually david says um see if you can keep up with me have you heard of hudson's bluff mm. and uh michael's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna beat you my bike can't beat your bike he's like i'm not saying you gotta beat me you just gotta keep up with me and so we get this first sort of interaction between david and michael and yeah i mean david's gang are like you mentioned earlier they are dressed so strange aren't they yeah, again, it's, I watched it the other night, actually last night, and I just thought, I, I just can't compare their style or their look to anything else. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a mixture of different things. Probably a bit of punk in there, isn't there? Um, a little bit of new wave, I suppose you could say. It's, it's all different sort of elements, isn't there, from different It's definitely genres. because they, they, if you saw them, you'd think they were just a band from the 80s. Uh, like Boy George Culture Club, they look like yeah. that kind of a band really yeah. from the eighties, New Wave, New Rump, you know. Yeah, New Romance. Very. Yeah, and and all obviously Alex Winter is is part of the gang. Is it? Is his character Marco? Is that his character's name? Is he Marco? Uh, can't I remember which character he plays. Yeah, no, isn't it? Is it? I think this is his first um, debut role, wasn't it? Before he did Bill and Ted. Um, but yeah, yeah, he turns out he's great, isn't he? And and the other thing is is that. Even though you, they don't have many lines, the other vampires, but they've each got their own individual personality, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? It's just they do stand out, and I think they're great. They're just they're just so cool, aren't they? Yeah. You know, yeah, they don't. That's what's creepy about them is that, and really cool about them at the same time, actually, is that they don't really say a lot. They don't mm, speak very much at no. all, really. They don't need to. I think less is more, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah, um, totally. It just makes um, it more sinister. So, I love this bit uh, where they go on the bike ride um, and he's trying to keep up with them desperately and then it gets really, really foggy and he kind of falls off his bike a little bit and he's, he's really annoyed. Yeah. He wants to fight David. He says, you know, just you, just you. And <laughs> and this is where he starts falling for them. Like, oh, maybe they do want to be my buddies. Maybe I could be friends. Maybe I could be in their gang. Um, and uh, he, he, he says to them... Um, do you want to come back to our, our sort of cave? It's almost it's like a hotel, isn't it, underground? Yeah, that's it. It's where the uh, 
was it San Andreas Fault Line, wasn't it? It sucked the hotel in. I think it's a great set as well because it just adds to their aesthetic of how they look and they fit right in with this cave, don't they? Do you know what I mean? It just, it's just, yeah, it's just awesome how it all sort of ties in together. And then I think you just, is it my, uh, David comes up, how far you wanted to go, Michael? <laughs> so, um, I know. He's, so what? <laughs> I think because um, Kiefer Sutherland, I, I, I saw his interview and he just said he's, he's he tied it up. He said my character has the best final word to the conversation. I have the final sentence. So he cut out all the other conversation. He just comes out and says the last bit. Um, I guess that's it, really, isn't it? He just has the great lines at the end, really, and it just works really well. Yeah, and he's he's the leader for a reason, you know. And he sort of again, we're lured into this false sense of security. He says to to Michael, um, "Would you like um, something to eat?" He, I think he gives him a bit of uh, some marijuana. He says that appetizer, mm-hmm. uh, and then, and he says, "You know, have something to eat." You know, and so obviously he starts eating this rice. And he right. says, uh, "How are the maggots?" <laughs> Brilliant scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he's he almost, looks down in <laughs> yeah, rice, mate. It's very clever, is it? Because it's almost like uh, the boy that cried wolf. He's playing on him, isn't it? Because then, like I say, yeah. you got the noodles. How'd you like your uh, worms? They're not worms, Michael. They're noodles, you know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and so, so I suppose when it gets to the bit where he's about to drink the blood, and he says it's blood, it's like I say, the boy that cried wolf. Yeah, sure, it is. It's a very good way that they's tricked him into it, isn't it? Yeah, because you know he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He apologised. He said sorry. Mm. I'm just mucking around. I shouldn't have done that. Have some drink, and that's mm. where Michael drinks his red wine. Has a bit of a trance. It gets all a bit dreamlike now, doesn't it? We get crying. My little sister come yeah. back in now, which is just a great song to play over this whole trancey mm-hmm. bit now. Um, and this is where they go to the bridge. Yeah, I thought it's um, yeah a little bit of a Stand by Me reference here. Do you know what I mean with the bridge and the railway? Just yeah, I would think that actually keep a Sutherland a train, you know, mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they they want to play dare, like truth or dare, or well, not truth or dare, but some kind of dare game. And they say, you know, jump down off of here. And, and Michael's like, into what? And they this is foggy, so you can't see what's down there. And they all one by one, they all go woohoo and jump down. Yeah. And in the end, um, Michael can hear them still talking, and it turns out they've all sort of grabbed onto the underside of this railway bridge so he peer pressure i guess he kind of climbs down with them and hangs down below with them and they're all like this is fun this is great and then a train starts going over and it's obviously vibrating the whole bridge and the whole railway track and one by one they all just let go yeah and and, uh he just falls in you don't and again they don't really give anything away here do they just whether he dies or what um, but the other thing is, what's clever here is that they're, they're doing what teenagers do as well, isn't it? I'm not saying hanging off bridges as such, but it's kind of the menacing thing you used to do as a kid, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? And I just like the way they've tied that in with this as well. Even though they're vamp- yeah. even though they are vampires, they are still doing the things that teenagers do. So I kind of, kind of like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And I think that's why this work, this film works so well and really affects both you and I and anyone else who's mm. a fan of it, is that these 
there's not really like you just said they are just acting like teenagers mm. really more than they are acting like vampires vampires are just a part of their backstory but, but they're doing naughty things like they're getting thrown off the carousel you know they're, they're getting asked to leave the video store because they've been a bit naughty they're hanging off bridges and doing things they know they should be doing they're yeah. racing their motorbikes they're teenager boys really mm-hmm. more than more than they are vampires this is it and i think this is a very clever thing with this film because it's almost a point where you don't think you're watching a vampire movie but you are but it's not in your face and everything up till now with VHS, guys in the comic book store, the Frog Brothers, motorbikes, music and all that sort of stuff. I think this is where you and I love this movie as kids is because you could relate to it and go, man, this is everything we're doing. I mean, I was, you know, I wasn't riding a motorbike at that age, but it's, it's stuff that you could relate to in some ways. So, uh, yeah, it's, it had that real draw. Um, and takes you back to those good times as well, I guess, in a way. Not hanging off a railway bridge, just to... <laughs> please, anybody who listens to this, please, don't, you know, stay away from the railway bridges. I'm not promoting that at all. But, um, please, yeah. listeners. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, this is where the, the film um, kind of gets a bit really supernatural now, because Michael wakes up... Mm in his bed and it's it's like three in the afternoon he slept through the whole day suddenly it's her so he puts his sunglasses on we know as an audience we think hang on a minute we know what's up he he doesn't really know what's going on and his mum's on the phone to him and she's sort of saying it's three o'clock why are you still in bed and uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was just yeah, gonna, uh, i was just gonna say dan though but there's one person that knows isn't there grandpa because hasn't he got his he's got some binoculars on or something he just sort of peering outside the door looking at Michael going mm, I think I know what's happened to him but I'm not going to tell anybody <laughs> also he says to him um, doesn't he isn't this the scene where he says I wasn't the only one that got lucky last night was that a bit later oh, on or maybe no, that's that a bit it. later no, I, I think on. that was it yeah that's it <laughs> well this is where he says he's gone on a date with Edward Johnson now the clever thing about Grandpa is Obviously, once you've seen this movie, you realise that he actually knows about the vampires. Mm. But there's a lot of little bits throughout the movie that hint at that. And one of the bits that I'd noticed really only on this watch for this chat with you is yeah. that he's got a load of wooden stakes on his truck. That's right. Um, and yeah. I'd never noticed that before. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, he's... Um, Why haven't I noticed that before? That's right. It, it, it's very clever as well. It's not in your face, is it? But he is... <clears throat> I suppose he is kind of like a bit of a Van Helsing character, isn't he? Because he's setting up the stakes, getting everything ready. But yeah. Um, but again, Dan... And what's a, funny, actually, we should probably mention... Mm. Sorry, carry on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's um, again, that's 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 a good thing about it. The more time... You see different stuff on repeat viewing, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Which is clever about these Absolutely. films as well. You know? But sorry, mate, yeah, what was you going to say? I was just going to say, actually, on a tangent, we talked about Buffy earlier, mm. and actually, I've just realised that Kiefer Sutherland's in this, and his dad was the mm-hmm. vampire hunter in the original Buffy the Ma- uh, Vampire Slayer movie. Yeah, of course he was. Wasn't, wasn't he? he? Donald Sutherland was, was in that, yeah. yeah so I've just realised that. There's a little connection there, father and son. In fact, it just jogged my memory, because Buffy was actually a movie, wasn't it, before the TV show, wasn't it? With, was it Luke Perry? Yeah, with Kirsty like Swanson. That? Luke Perry was in that, was it Luke Perry? Luke Perry as well. One of the Perry yeah. brothers, wasn't it? But yeah, no, he was, wasn't he? Old Donald Sutherland. And I think P.B. Herbert as well was in that. <laughs> I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so we are, we get our first sort of 
scene of almost attack really in the house because the motorcycles um turn up outside the house at night and we know that they're coming for michael uh, for, for michael michael's not sure what's going on sam's quite scared lots of wind blowing through the house lights shining in and out motorcycle noise and it's all very scary michael feels quite sick um and the motorcycles go sam decides to go and chill out in the bath and we get this brilliant scene where him is singing in the bath it's a bit ferris bueller isn't it this scene yeah that's it i got the do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's having a great time little do we know that his brother his big brother downstairs is starting to feel uh, the hunger Mm. and he starts slowly making his way up the stairs to basically he's going to eat his brother he's going to suck his brother's blood luckily their dog attacks um, Michael and stops him from uh, from getting his brother his brother doesn't really know what's going on so he runs downstairs Michael's been bitten by the dog and this is where he stands up and he says, I don't know why the dog would bite you. He's never bitten you. And, the, and they see his reflection in the mirror and it's starting to to fade, isn't it? Yeah, he's got like a ghostly figure, isn't he, in, the, in his reflection, hasn't he? Uh, which is very clever. And yeah, yeah, God, and that's it. He says, you're a goddamn vampire, Michael, isn't it? Wait till mum comes home, isn't it? Like, that is one of the yeah. best lines. Yeah. Wait till mum gets home. That mom... is such a threat that brothers do to each other. Mm. It's so funny. And again, like I said earlier, it's a relatable thing, isn't it? Because, you know, you know, with your parents and stuff, you're thinking, oh my God, you know, um, something we can all relate to, isn't it? Like that. So, uh, yeah. But Corey Haim's um, reaction is brilliant as well, because he, he's just, he's not scared. He's just angry straight away. He's like, oh, you're a creature of the night. My own brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Straight away, he's just angry with him for being a vampire, not scared. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's almost like he's saying his brother was something else the, the week before that. Do you know what I mean? It's just a regular thing with my brother. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Goddamn, Michael, he's a werewolf last week. This week, yeah, goddamn vampire. What the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, he he doesn't know what to do, does he, Sam? So who who are you going to call? He calls the Frog Brothers. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And. Uh, he lets them know, and they're like, they're not surprised at all. You know, they, they know all about the vampires in the area, and uh, <laughs> they, I think they end yeah. the conversation with, "You're probably gonna have to kill your own brother." <laughs> this is it. I was, <laughs> I was just about to say, Dan, they just go straight for the kill, don't they? So what should I do? Give yourself a large wooden stake and chuck it straight through his heart. That's it. You gotta kill your brother. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think um, they they ask him about the bad breath as well, don't they? The fingernails and stuff like that. Yeah, they go for like it, checking man. off a list of you know, has he got this now? Has he got that yet? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. Oh man, that's it. And then they said, if you can't do it, we'll come round. We'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe them. I believe them. They would, yeah. Get on their BMX bikes. And do you think then? Do you think that they've actually killed vampires? Because if Grandpa knows about it, and he may well kill vampires, do you think the backstory to them is perhaps that they have killed vampires then? That's a very good question, actually. Um, a quick, something I've never actually thought of until you asked me now. Is there a backstory to the Frog Brothers? Hmm. I don't know. Because we should probably talk about the fact there's two sequels to The Lost Boys, starring both starring Corey Feldman. Um, I've never seen them. And he plays the Frog Brothers in, in them both. Is there anything in that to say that they have before this movie? They bring up a sort of potential. Not really. Movie? No, they just become 
but a badass vampire killer is off the back of this movie. Mm. Um, but there's nothing really in it to say that they've done it in the past. It's just something to think about, isn't it? That they go out and about, and, and or I like to think they're just full of shit, and they're just yeah. saying all this, and then eventually they they realise that actually they really are vampires, so they just have to, but they're just brave enough to deal with them. Maybe yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think know. I would say possibly not. Because judging by the way they deal with it later on, they're kind of like shit scared, aren't they? Really, um, you know, they they try yeah, to be tough, sure. but um, I reckon this is their first proper job. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, Michael wakes up on the ceiling, doesn't he? You now yeah, um, he's floated up to the ceiling, and it's quite a comical scene, actually. This now. <laughs> yeah, this is it. He's. He's, he's up in the ceiling. Could you imagine that? Just waking up in the middle of the night and you're sort of on the ceiling. You'd be like, what the hell? Yeah, but even worse, then he accidentally drifts out the window and he's in danger of floating off because he can't control this flying power that he's got. So he manages to grab um, Sam's window and pull himself in through Sam's window, which Sam's on the phone to mum at this point, and he starts screaming <laughs> into the phone. That's right. It's, and he's, she's on a date, isn't she, with Max? What's going on? <laughs> Michael's yeah, she's on the, the date window. with Max at the That's restaurant. It. Yeah, he's, he's just sipping on a bit of Chardonnay and then she's just run out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, What's all that screaming? Michael, he's trying to kill me. He's coming in the window. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, my in. God. And she just puts the phone down and just goes straight home. Like, yeah. a really good mum. She's come straight home like... Sod this, I'm going home. <laughs> she doesn't say nothing to Max, does she? She doesn't go, Max, I've got to go home. I've got an emergency now. That's it, straight to the car. Uh. Um, when the, when, just before she gets home, the brothers sort of agree that we'll work this out. We don't have to tell mum what's going on. So there's this bond between them. So when she gets home, Sam then changes the story and says, oh, uh, sorry, I was just reading a comic book and I got a bit scared. She's like, all of that screaming from a comic book? <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we get to see again another little glimpse really of this seedy underbelly there's a milk carton in the kitchen with um laddie the the child vampire who hangs out with david and he's on the back of the milk carton isn't he that's right god damn it's the attack of any monster (laughs) (laughs) he's terrifying later on when he changes and he's like screaming at them he's terrifying i think that actually terrified me when i was a kid actually watching this I thought I didn't expect yeah. that part to he happen, comes but... flying out of the yeah. uh, out of the bed or something doesn't he yeah, like but... everything's just flying all around him it's I know we like, get back but it's almost like there's, as he comes up there's like a vacuum of all the bed sheets getting torn apart I just it's a crazy scene but I can't work out how it that's is, happening <laughs> it is kind of weird it is kind of weird um, so garlic uh, garlic now is my, my next note and this is because Sam says, Mum, can I sleep in with you tonight? She's like, yeah, did you have pizza? Because, oh, there's a really strong smell of garlic. And he's underneath his dressing gown. He's got, like, a massive bunch of garlic around his neck, hasn't he? I'm just wondering where he gets all that (laughs) garlic from. Because... It's probably Grandpa. Grandpa's probably got it. Where do you find that much garlic? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I know. I've only ever got one or two garlic bulbs in my house. Uh, I would never have a ring of garlic like that. If, if I ever find a ring of garlic like that in my house, I'll know something's going wrong. But even later on, when he's when they're preparing for the final battle, he's got like a massive bag of garlic. 
I've never seen a massive bag of garlic like that in yeah, any grocery they, they store. They pour it all in the bath, don't they? Yeah, it's like a potato sack full of garlic. I just thought, <laughs> man. <laughs> That's oh. a lot of garlic there. <laughs> oh, dear. We get a scene again, a scene that will trick you for the first time you've seen this movie, where, where Max, who we know has had a bit of a run in with the vampires in his video mm. store, he seems to get attacked um, on, on his way home. And, and in fact, there's a kite that sort of smashes down near him, and it's like a kite in the shape of a bat. Yeah. So it's a good trick for the audience, that, that one, just to set you on the wrong path, just so you don't suspect him. I always really like that. I think that's quite cool. Yeah, I almost thought that you was going to get your next kill scene here. I thought maybe Max was going to get killed or something like that. That's what, yeah, exactly. Exactly, you maybe expect it. Um, but they they break the pattern, don't they? And he doesn't die. Um, no. Yeah. Michael heads back to the cave, the, the lair, um, and he, he speaks to Star. And he says, you know, what's happening to me? She's like, oh, it's not really for me to say, but it's pretty obvious he's turning into a vampire. And she can't. She's like, oh, you shouldn't be here, you know. And then they end up almost getting it on, really, at this point, don't they? Yeah. Um, which is kind of what he wanted, really. He's kind of fancied her, so there we go. Um, Mum asks Michael what's wrong when he gets home. She basically, this whole scene is that whole, are you on drugs scene? But she doesn't say it. Hmm. And she's a really good mum in this scene. She doesn't ask him anything specific, like, are you on drugs or anything like that? She just says, what's going on? You're always wearing sunglasses. You know you can talk to me about anything, anytime you want. So it's a really nice mother and son scene, this, this yeah, one. She, but he she, obviously doesn't want to talk to her. She knows how to build a bridge to her son, doesn't she, as a character, you know, without actually having to say it. So, yeah, it's some good parenting there, isn't it? She's approach makes herself approachable, doesn't she? It's a very special scene, and I think it's an underrated little bit of dialogue in this mm. movie, really. And it just goes to show how close they are as a family. And I forgot to mention her, actually. She's a great actress as well, isn't she? Is it Diane? Diane Weist? Weist? Um, yeah, she does a great uh, yeah, job Diane Beast. Yeah, she does a great job in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we said, this cast is brilliant all the way through, really. Um, and, and, you know, even Grandpa Bernard Hughes, I don't really know him from anything other than this, but like, like we've said, he kind of steals the show a little bit in this one as well. But they're all great in this. You know, Max... <laughs> Everybody it's, in it really It's funny you say punching. that, Dan, about Grandpa, because I, th- I thought the same thing, actually, because I was going to look on his IMBD, but I didn't. So I thought, nah, we'll just we'll just keep him as Grandpa. I won't, I'm not yeah, he's just Grandpa. He will we'll just <laughs> always be Grandpa. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> mum, mum goes to visit Mac, um, and she wants to say sorry about leaving him in the restaurant that night. Mm. But she gets there and his dog, Thorn, his dog, isn't it? That's it. He, uh, the dog attacks mum, chases mum and she just about gets away from him. But he starts coming through the gate, actually. So that's pretty Uh, And the other thing here I've noticed is that the, it's almost like this film runs in chronological order to how Sam's reading his comic books. Because when he's in the store, it says destroy all vampires. And then we get this comic. It's about the, uh, was it the Hellhounds or something like that? 
Yeah, I think he's reading a bit called Dracula and the Hounds of Hell, and then it cuts back to her being, you know, being chased by the yeah, dog. So, so you're right, actually. I've not funny thought about how that. That kind of story falls in as a comic book story to how he's reading it. So, just yeah, whether that's been done on purpose, or possibly I don't know. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so. Ah. Yeah. But again, you just still you don't pick up on whether he is the bad guy here, do you? I, I, I'm going back to when I first watched this. You can't. Um, not, it's it's kind of giving you a little bit away here, isn't it? As a guessing game. Yeah, definitely. And I think even in the second or third time you watch this, you'll you'll pick up. You know, there'll still be things that you might forget from the first mm. viewing of it. Um, you kind of just let yourself go into that world, don't you? And you're you're alone with the characters, but um. Yeah, there's so there's so many. The more I think about this film, the more I love it. Actually, now you're saying this about the comic book, I'm I'm gonna have to go back and watch this again now mm. and look out for all the moments that Sam's reading the comic book yeah. and see how that ties in. Yeah. <laughs> but this this is the thing about this film because now we're talking about it, we pick up on it, don't we? So it's it's really clever filmmaking, isn't it, and story writing and everything. So uh, it's there's so much depth to this film. But at the same time, yeah, totally. it moves at a very quick pace, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's not dragging anywhere at any point. It's just moving very fast. Yeah, absolutely. Because the next scene is Sam goes to visit the Frog Brothers. And this is where they sort of say, you know, well, you need to kill the head vampire, really. Um, otherwise, your brother will become a creature of the night forever, that kind of stuff. Um, and this is where Max shows up um, at their house. There is some tension between Michael and Max. Um, partly because Max implies that he thinks it's because, you know, she's just in the middle of a divorce from their dad. Mm. But obviously, he, I, th- I don't know if Michael knows that or can sense that Max is a vampire. I don't know. But there's definitely um, there's definitely tension between them. Yeah, because he opens the door up, doesn't he? And then Do you know what what I mean? Max says, well, you're the man of the house. You're going to invite me in. So I guess at this point, if you know a little bit about oh. vampires, isn't it? You think, well, you know, vampires need to be invited in. You know, much like Jerry Dandridge in Fight Night, isn't it? Um. He's in the chair. In uh, where Jack Jerry Dandridge is in the chair. And, oh. <laughs> yeah. In fact, Charlie, I think I'm going to come over quite a bit. In fact, quite often. <laughs> Whenever I like. That's great. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, this next scene, um, this next dinner scene is quite funny because um, she's obviously, Lucy's invited Max over for dinner, but at the same time, Sam's like, oh, did I not tell you that the Frog Brothers are having dinner with us? She's mm. like, well, no, you didn't mention that, but okay, I guess I can make dinner for everybody. So there's like so many people sat at this dinner table. But this is their, their chance now because they, they suspect Max of being the head vampire. And kind of get that double bluff later on. So they they trick him now. So they That's they replace great, all yeah. of the salt with garlic, don't they? Yeah. No, the parmesan with garlic. But you hate garlic, don't you? Um, <laughs> no, I like garlic. Exactly. There's just a lot of it. <laughs> exactly, I like it. Not this much. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, and they throw water on him as well. Yeah, down his um, Holy water. Lights off, isn't it? Turn back on again. Face, mirror in your face, isn't it? Whoa. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and Max Max gets really, he actually gets pissed off and he just kind of leaves. He said, I think I'm going to go now. Mm. Uh, um, and Mum's like, why the hell have you been acting like this? Obviously, she can't understand it. 
So um, he kind of leaves and he says, look, we'll try this one more time. He kind of <laughs> yes. gives it up. He says, we'll try a third date tomorrow night. Just come to my house. I'll cook dinner. No mm. one else there. We'll try another date then. Because so far, those two have had no luck yeah, with their I date. But obviously, it. I guess he his, his goal is to to suck her blood and turn her into a vampire, maybe. That's so right, I don't yeah. know. That's... Turn her into a vampire, yeah. Uh, to get into, the, get into the family, that's, that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Well, Michael confronts David now and says, "Where's Star?" And um, he says, "Come with me, and I'll, you know, if you ever want to see Star again, come and come and watch this." So they go to this beach party where they're listening to Run DMC, mm. "Walk This Way," and there's a bunch of people sort of dancing around a campfire on the beach. And this is where the first time now we get to see the vampire sort of vampire, isn't it? Yeah. So their faces transform. And it's a real gothic scene, isn't it? It's a real gothic scene, smoke. Um, you've got the ambience of the the fire and all that, haven't you? So it's a real... Again, it's got that aesthetic to it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's awesome. And it says, you know what um, we are. Mike, well, I mean, at this point, Michael suspects that he's turning into a vampire and that they are vampires, but it's now that they fully reveal to him what they're capable of. Mm. And they just massacre that entire party that's on the beach, don't they? It's very much like the uh, attack scene in From Dust Till Dawn. Kind of on a smaller scale, but you do get oh, yeah. This is probably the most uh, violence and horror that you get in the movie here, isn't it? At this point of, you know, get throats slashed, don't you? Heads torn apart. Yeah. It's quite, quite a gruesome scene. There's a bit where they bite into someone's skull, which just looks so painful. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, and that's very... Um, it's total bloodlust, essentially, because they're laughing as they do it. And mm. Michael Michael tries to fight it, and he doesn't join in. He manages to not join in. Um, and he he says to him, that this is the classic line now that David says to him. He says, you know, you can sleep all day, you can party all night, but, you know, you never grow old, you never die, but you must feed. Yeah, that's it. And he thinks, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Um star and wants to talk to michael um and she basically this is where she tells him that her and laddie the, the little boy aren't full vampires mm. they're kind of only half turned at the moment um you know and, and she doesn't really want to be part of this club this group anymore so so we get a little bit more to them and michael i think this is where michael decides he's going to try to rescue and save star and laddie which they, they do in a little bit of time um yeah, they don't want to go full vampire. Absolutely. You never go full vampire, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. But uh, just going back to what David said, though, is that I, I don't think, again, this is probably one of the first times I've ever heard a vampire actually betray what he does himself. Do you know what I mean? So in other movies, vampires turn up and they, you know, suck your blood, or they turn you into a vampire, they seduce you. But this is the film that where the, the lead vampire comes out and says this is what I do as a vampire you know never grow old sleep all yeah. night all that sort of stuff and he's kind of giving you um, a description of what he is um, but I don't yeah. think I've ever heard that in any other sort of hammer horror movie or anything like that so, so again it's another yeah it's just the vampire never says it do they normally? no it's like you said it's Normally, it's Peter Cushion in a Hammer movie that says it. You yeah. know, oh, these creatures of the night, you know, of course, they, they have to feed so that they can be immortal, but the vampire themselves would never say that. I like the way Jack Price right, says yeah. it in Vampires. <laughs> Use garlic, 
These things will bend you fucking over. He says, you want to get it? You get a large spoon steak, chuck it straight for his fucking heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that movie. It's says, so wonder. bad. It's good. It's so movie. Oh, and sunlight turns them into crispy critters. <laughs> <laughs> God is a badass. Jack Christ. Oh, dear. <laughs> Well, talking to badasses, the Frog Brothers mm. show up in the morning and Michael drives them all out to um, the vampire lair. Although they say, we don't ride with vampires. Or is that a bit later on? Either way, that they do say that at some point, which is brilliant. But, um... Oh, that's right. Yeah, because that's just a little bit there, Dan. Just going back to earlier, because you get the car, then you? you get the Chevrolet, the boot blue Chevrolet. Chevrolet um, it's... Um... Grandpa's car, isn't it? And he get that bit where that's right. He borrows Grandpa's Sam, car. Sam goes, right, car. Let's go to town. Okay, starts it up. Okay, Grandpa, let's go. And he just starts it, gives it, gives it a ref, and then just turns it off. And he goes, "That's just about as far as a town as I like to go." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, they do, they steal that truck. Then they steal it. <laughs> yeah, that's to it, go yeah. off and do their yeah, vampire hunting. Grandpa's unhinged, man. Oh, Dan, <laughs> another thing I noticed, right? So, um, the Frog Brothers, don't they? They go to the church, don't they, to get the holy water? Is that right? Or was that afterwards? Oh no, sorry, I'm jumping forwards. Uh, no, sorry. this is this bit now. This is the bit now, really, where they they go to the. Oh no, no, you are right. That you are. Yeah, that's a little bit later on. No, but so yeah, I've, go on. Sorry, right, no. Uh, okay, so when they go to that church, I know I'm jumping forward here, but there's a bit when they go in. Everybody turns around and looks at them, including the. Um, Parson, Vicar, Padre, um, guy at the altar. And they look and they stop, right? And I thought, I've seen this scene before. And do you remember, you've seen House of Wax, 2005? Yeah. There's a bit where they go into the church and everybody turns around, but they turn into wax. I just thought, that looks like the same scene. Just just an observation. Ah, I wonder if they homage the Lost Boys in that, then. That's just what I thought, so... There you go, it's me just... Ah. Another thing that I noticed that was also, next time you watch it, check it out. I'll see if I can try and do... A, what I'll do is I'll do a screenshot, and then I'll do a screenshot of House of Wax, and I'll just put it on the page, see if, see if there's a... Yeah, we'll see if they, they yeah. compare. I'll do, side some, side. I'll do some R.J. McCready investigation. <laughs> <laughs> R.J. McCready investigates. I know I'm human. <laughs> I'm going to find out who's who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that oh, damn thumbs up every time. Sorry. <laughs> Just want to go to my shack and get drunk. It's just going to take long, Fuchs. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, the Frog Brothers and, and Michael and David all mm. go to the lair, the vampire lair. And he says, we've got to stake them all. Oh, yeah. So they go in there, and this is quite scary, actually. They do manage to kill one of the vampires. They kill Alex Winter, Marco. Yeah. But unfortunately, as soon as they stake him, he wakes up, starts screaming. But that we should probably talk about this. I've never seen vampires hanging upside down before, have you? Until this movie. No, I, I can't. No, I can't think of that. The only, the only vamp, well, not vampire. But the only time I've seen this is in the '89 Batman. With Michael Keaton hanging upside down as a bat. Oh yeah. 
but as vampires now, I don't think so. And the other thing I was going to say with this bit is the blood. The blood isn't, it's not like pure red blood, is it? It comes out, it's got a very, um, I think they said in the special effects they added uh, glitter to the blood. That's right. I so read that as well to make look, it seem a little bit more supernatural, sparkly, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, I've, like I say, the blood is just very, it's very sort of pink. It almost looks like the blob. If you know what I mean, the same sort of colour, sort of very pink. Yeah, that kind of pinky ooze, or yeah. the Ghostbusters 2 ooze. Oh, yeah, the Do you know ooze. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So that's it. Um, so, yeah, same. But, yeah, it's a great scene because they're looking around and they can smell the vampires, you know, because they smell of death. And they can't see them, and it's right at the end that they look up and they can see them all hanging. And that's where they're like, because they're kids, they're like, and then it's shh, yeah, wake them up. It. He's like, you can't wake them up. They're, they're asleep. They're, they're mm. fine. Let's get out there and kill them. And he's like, first come, first staked. Well, this is it. <laughs> and I think this is what you said earlier on. You said, have, have these guys, have the Frog Brothers ever killed vampires? But he's got no hesitation, has he, to kill this vampire? He just yeah, does it. So what just, they have? Just, just boom. There's no sort of, you know, oh my God, this is my first time. A little bit of trepidation. It's just, nah, that's it. Boom. I know what I'm doing. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, unfortunately, they all wake up and David or one of them screams at them, "You're dead, mate!" Which is terrifying. So they <laughs> they have to start running as quickly as they can. Yeah. Uh, they try and get out the tunnel into daylight, um, and David is grabbing at them, their ankles, but, but his hand catches on fire a little bit. Um, a little What's... bit of trivia about that scene where his hand catches on fire. Do you know about that? No. Scene. No, no. What's that? So. Um, when he pulls his hand back, a single mm. tear rolls down his cheek, right. um, which we assume is because his hand was burnt. But actually, it's because his contact lenses were really hurting him that day. But they kept that tear in because they said it it goes so well with that scene. So if you look carefully, you'll see that scene. Kiefer Sutherland has a big tear rolling down yeah, his cheek, and that's because his contact lenses were really irritating him. I was going to say about that. I noticed that. I thought maybe they did that on purpose just to show a little bit of an emotion, which I like. Do you know what I mean? I think that's good. Just a bit yeah, it of works. character development in some some ways. Um, but yeah, you're dead, mate. <laughs> That's it, the war's <laughs> on It's now, horrible, that it? bit. Oh, yeah. That's it now. It's really the scary. The battle commences, doesn't it? Uh, it's just a... Well, yeah, so they, they, they rescued Star and Laddie, and they all go back home, back to Grandpa's. Um, you know, the, the dog's going nuts because the dog can sense that there's... Nanook, isn't it? Mm, their dog. Yeah, the dog can sense that there's like some crazy supernatural stuff going on here. Um, Grandpa doesn't really seem to suspect anything, but actually, we kind of understand later on that he kind of knows everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Sam tells Mum that Santa Carla's crawling with vampires. Yeah. It's crawling with vampires, Mum. Does she believe him? No, she doesn't. Of course, she doesn't believe him. Because she, think, um, cause but she, this is our battle scene now. Yeah, she, she thinks it's all crime off again, isn't she? So she's kind of just that's it. And then that's well, he it, set himself up for a fall because he's already told. She's told him off a couple of times for reading comic books late at night, horror comic books, and he had to pretend that all that screaming from earlier was because he was scared. And there's that great scene where she, I love the scene where um, he says, "Oh, mum, can you?" close the closet door and she's like oh yeah i know you remember you can't sleep with the closet door open um and then she says in fact i'll tell you the reason me and your father are getting a divorce is because he didn't believe in the 
closet monster either. That's and it's right. quite, again, quite a yeah. sweet moment. That's it. And it's got a cool room as well because you've got pictures of 80s icons in there as well, haven't you? Like Rob Lowe. Um, I think you've got Molly Ringwald hanging up, uh, which just sort of sets the scene for 1987 as well, doesn't it? And all of Grandpa's tax are doing with that. He keeps bringing mm, them every day. That's a bit weird, isn't it? He <laughs> oh, gives him like a, like a beaver, mm. um, some bird, uh, and he just keeps putting it all in into this into his cupboard. So every time he opens his cupboard, there's just more and more dead stuffed animals in there, which is that's, really weird. That's not the sort of beaver <laughs> I want to be waking up to in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, I think of that scene in Naked Gun where... She oh, goes yeah. up the ladder that's, that's and he said, he looks up and he says, nice beaver. <laughs> she says, oh, thanks. I've just had it stuffed. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you, it's another movie you have to do for bite size. I think, mate, Naked Gun. Oh, I'll tell you what, Naked Gun is an absolute classic, isn't it? It's I'm, hilarious. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't watched it in years. I'm not sure how it holds up, but uh, so, so funny. Yeah, I'll just have a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So um, our, our heroes now prepare for battle. This is where you said they get the, the holy water, the sack of garlic, um, yeah. you know, and and, and uh, Corey Feldman does that classic now where he says, I think I should warn you all that when a vampire bites it, it's never a pretty sight. <laughs> no two blood suckers go out the same way. Some yell and scream, some go quietly, some explode, some implode. But oh, we'll try and take you with them. And it's like the craziest thing to say. And I just love it so much. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> and actually, oh, he predicts it. And I only know this from reading the trivia. He predicts what's going to happen because David does go out silently. He doesn't scream when he dies. Others scream as they die. Oh, one of them implodes into the pipes and all the all the blood squirts out of it. And another one of them explodes. So he kind of predicts how they're all going to die actually oh I see so it's kind of giving you that's, that's clever yeah so it is yeah, it's very clever it is a different death from each scene isn't it? yeah really cool now so yeah they get their water pistols full of holy holy water uh, they've got um, you know the house is all ready for action and the bikers turn up as we knew they would and they smash in through the walls and it gets really this is the probably the most horror that this film gets really now because the house is all dark, the vampires are stalking, king around the house in the in the shadows. Mm. The boys are like you know they're all in the individual rooms in the house taking on different vampires, and this is a really really horror movie moment really now. Um, oh yeah, I mean I, I remember back well, in the day everybody talking about the scene with the bath. Um, oh, that was just what I was about to say actually. Mm. That's a great scene. He says uh, something like. Death breath or something, doesn't he? And he throws him in the bath. That was the uh, talking point at school for us. That was yeah, everybody was talking about oh that scene of him coming out of the bath. It's just great. Yeah, Yeah, because they throw him in the bath, then he comes back out, and then Mm. and then eventually he melts into like a skeleton with fangs, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's almost like again, it's almost like the blood knows what it's doing. If you know what I mean, so it's going through the pipe work and it's sort of blowing itself out. It's almost like it's the blood is almost like comes out. Yeah, it bursts out with the pipes and the yeah. sinks and everything, doesn't it? You sort of think there must be something controlling that, like a sort of entity that's still there or something. I don't know. It's clever. It's when you think about it, these are vampires which you probably haven't really seen before in a vampire movie, isn't it? Up until now, 
doing different things, changing the rules a little, slightly, just slightly. I also like the fact that actually it's Nanook, the dog that pushes the vampire into the bath, because that, that dog's a bit of a hero as well. Yeah, that's, that's well, it. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I always love a heroic dog. It's <laughs> where Lassie turns up. Um, Sam there's a line here that I never caught until again this review and this is where Sam fires an arrow um, at uh, one of the vamps and he we get that famous death by stereo where he goes flying into the the stereo and dies and uh, one of the frog brothers says well well done Sambo or something like that so he like changes the Rambo name it's like he calls him Sambo because of the arrow and I I assume that's what they're saying with that for and I thought I've never noticed that before that's pretty cool Okay, I'll be honest with you, I never really noticed that. Um, I, I wonder if that's because they said to them, you know, at like Rambo, at like Sylvester Stallone, yeah, off camera, just, you know, so maybe they just threw that in there. Chucking a little bit of an Easter egg there from another movie, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, but like you say, mate, it's, it's just so much going on, isn't there? There's a lot going on in this, this scene, isn't there? So much to take in. Yeah, we've got the Eddie Munster moment, um, which you said about, you mm. know, <laughs> freaked you out as a kid when he bursts out. Um, Star's the only one that never turns, but 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 Laddie does. It's the attack of Eddie Monster, <laughs> um, and he's she's like holding him back. She's yeah. like, no, don't, don't. He doesn't mean it. But Laddie is like really trying to get to the moon. He's like a little like, caged animal. Really good acting from this kid, actually. Yeah, he is, but he's also scared as well, isn't he? As a vampire as well, don't know. It's almost like he sort of cries in the corner, doesn't he? Or and he backs off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. he's like a little animal a little dog um, Michael and David um, they kind of start having this fight downstairs now they start they vamp out so they get their full vamp faces now yeah. um, and we get this whole uh, fight and Mike, uh, David says my blood is in your veins and uh, Michael says and mine is in yours and um, he ends up killing him on some tax it's the good old grandpa's taxidermy saves the day like some deer antlers David, or something uh, like that, isn't nice. it? And then again, you get the uh, quiet little sister, don't you? Sort of um, song, isn't it? Sort of. Yeah, that's right. It just comes back in, down. doesn't it? And we assume that's it because we assume that David was the head vampire. And we think, yeah. oh, thank God for that. It's all over. Mm-hmm. There's actually a little bit more to go, really. That's it. Old, uh, Mum gets home with Max. That's it. And then this is where Max comes out. Then he goes, well, actually, I can explain all of this, isn't it? And he's this whole plan to uh, lure Michael yep. into the family, isn't it? And then he's he turns into a vampire. Then he comes out in my best line. He goes, but I still love you, Lucy. <laughs> <It's> like, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> he basically oh, wants her to become mother to the Lost Boys. Oh, uh, does, yeah. um, and yeah, like you said, a big happy vampire family, um, which is obviously not what Sam and Michael and uh, their mum want. Um, I think, in fact, who says the blood sucking Brady Bunch? It's probably Corey Feldman that says that. It's got to be, isn't it? He says the the blood sucking Brady Bunch. Yeah, I think um, it is him actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Michael fights Max. Um, but Max is very, very strong, so he's the head vampire. But thank God for Grandpa, because Grandpa so. saves the day by crashing his truck in through the wall, and all the sort of state 
bits that are on the truck go flying off through and kill Max. That's right, because you, um, you get the horn, didn't you? Do, 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 do. And just see how they clever they uh, they, yeah. they turn that they turn that chime into like the carousel music from the beginning. And it's almost like they're sort of what you have at the beginning with the carousel is what you have at the end, and it just sort of falls into that bit, and then the stake comes out, doesn't it? And it goes straight oh, through. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a bit I noticed because I think Gav said this to me. He said this, you know, where he does his filmmaking and stuff. He said, you know, film should always start with something from the beginning and then at the end, and that kind of like ties over. So you carousel. But you've got the music and everything just sort of ties it all together so again it's just such a such a clever film isn't it when you look you know when you start looking at this film you know like we are like we were reviewing it and stuff pick, picking out things like that it's not just a vampire movie at the end of the day you know it you might think that if you haven't seen it but it's there's a lot more to it than that mm. it's very layered there's a lot of stuff to do with family mm-hmm. um you know and they deal with divorce and family and stuff as well yeah. like that but they also deal with the closeness of family they deal with moving to a new area fish out of water is a lot of comedy in it as well yeah um it's just really clever really i see and then like i say um, we've got old uh, grandpa then we turn up didn't you and it, this could go either way as well couldn't it if you've never seen this film because he gets that bottle and the bottle that he gets out with a red liquid you could almost think that's blood like david's bottle from the hotel when he just yeah and also he's well the other thing for me the first few times i saw this was because grandpa was in the shadow Mm -hmm. you can't tell if he's been injured or bitten Mm -hmm. and he's he doesn't grandpa are you okay grandpa grandpa Mm -hmm. answer us he doesn't say um doesn't speak to them Mm -hmm. for ages but then eventually he just turns around and says the famous line one thing i could never stomach about um santa carla santa carla Ah, oh, the damn vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's sort of gone, you know, mum's just sort of nodding her head and going, oh, you know, everybody's sort of rolling their eyes, aren't they? And then that's it, isn't it? And then that's when you get the uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. And it just, it just closes so well. Um, but at the same it time... It closes with that... Ding, 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 ding. People are strange when you're strange. It's so good. It's so, so good. I mean, uh, it's just a great movie. It's just, like I say... It, People, you know, listening can hear it in our voices, and it just there's just some films that you just. I'm just so passionate for this movie. I love it. it. Does everything I want it to do. I'm never bored with it. It moves at a pace. It just gets you from A to B. Soundtrack's great, and I love all the characters in it. Do you know what I mean? There's not. Um, I, I, I don't. This can sound like a criticism. It's not, but there's no. There is standout characters, but everybody is on the line. Do you know what I mean? Everybody does it really well. So that's what yeah. makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's everybody's kind of like their own. I mean, kids. and it's a very big cast as well. Mm. Oh, you know, uh, you know, the front cover of my my DVD and my VHS. It's got pretty much the whole cast on there, apart from Grandpa. Everybody's on there, and it's a huge cast, really. But, but like you said, everybody pulls their weight. There's yeah. no weak links in the no. casting. Every, once everybody has their screen time, it's almost like you've got your screen time and it's great. You've got your screen time and it's great. And there's not one character in this I don't think has, has got any sort of weak character to it or I don't like or anything like that. And there's only one other, there's another film like that, which is, I would say, uh, it's Clue from 1985. Oh, right? yeah. All the characters are great. Do you know what I mean? You know, even the maid and the cook and everybody, it's just like everything seems to work so well. 
with that story and this is this is the same so it's uh, i think the, the magic that schumacher managed to capture is probably part of it is that it's the beginning of all of these guys careers and they were really hungry mm. uh and wanted to really prove themselves so that's why everybody kind of brought their a game really because although some of them like keeper seven had been in a couple of movies you know this was a big deal for a lot of these guys a big hollywood movie yeah and a horror movie you know money being thrown well not a lot of money but there was money being made you know, you know schumacher was somebody that had done st elmo's fire he knew how to deal with um young teenage cast as well so he's probably quite good at dealing with that kind of situation as well so it's definitely magic mm. this yeah. movie you know, lightning in a bottle yeah it is yeah i think it is and i don't i don't know anybody doesn't like this film um I mean, as soon as you post up, you're watching this on Facebook, you get so many people, oh, classic, oh, this is fantastic, mm. oh, that movie's brilliant, I love yeah. it. Like you said, I don't think anybody, I don't know anybody that dislikes it. Even uh, non-horror fans love this movie. Um, and I think, as we said earlier, it's not just a horror film. It is a horror film, but it's not, is it? It's got other things in it which other people can relate to, you know, with, you know, parenting, being a teenager growing up. Um, friendship all that sort of stuff it's all there isn't it for everybody really told in one I think you're right um, it's an it's an accessible movie for, mm. even for non-horror fans yeah <laughs> even that 80s dude working in a VHS store can relate to this movie hell even I'm sure there was someone <laughs> even, watching this film my god that's me <laughs> <laughs> even even the oiled up guy with the saxophone can relate to this movie yeah I wonder if someone <laughs> In the 80s, watched The Lost Boys, saw this, saw Max, and thought, you know what, next time I'm going down the video shop to, you know, open it up, I'm going to go down dressed as him. <laughs> His clothes are so cool, man. That's great. I'd, so, so. Again, I can't, I can't, Max, I mean, it's a really good, It's it must be great for that actor as well, because he brought his own to that character as well. Do you know what I mean? Even though he is ultimately the bad guy, but he's... He's got the charm and he and everything. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's, and it's great. He's a bit of a geek as well. Mm. He's, he's, yeah. he's a bit of everything, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I, just, I think the thing is, Dan. It's it's one of those films where as soon as I bring it up, I get into these conversations like we are now. Do you know what I mean? You know, I know I'm recording a podcast, but this. <clears throat> the conversation we're having now, we're doing a review, but as soon as I bring this up, and I'm sure you're the same, if you bring it up, if you're down the pub or you're talking to someone about it, you just, you get into it, don't you? Do you know what I mean? You say, oh yeah, this scene, that scene, this quote, didn't. Um, <clears throat> and there's so many films, particularly from the 80s, which are like that. Yeah, you know, just yeah. got that sort of magic. Um, <laughs> it's just I think it's just, um, it's just really, really, really well written. Mm. I think that's the basis okay, yeah. of this movie. It's very well written, and and then you add in all the the elements, you know, whether it's the cast, the score, uh, the look of it. Yeah. Um, it. It's just like I said, it's lightning in a bottle, and it all worked perfectly. Yeah. It's... You couldn't recreate this if you no, tried, really. No, no I don't. I'd, yeah. Like I say, I don't think, I can't, I cannot put this film at another, any sort of high level than it is, you know, it's just great, it's a good film. Um, so, the only, uh, the only movie I would really, really put this in a close proximity to is Fright Night. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, again, I, I think Fright Night's got its own charm, 
as much as Lost Boys. Um, and it's also got a different aesthetic to it. I think Friday Night's a little bit more sort of comic book. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, another great movie, do you know what I mean? It's uh, And the other film that was kicking around about this time was um, Vamp. I, I thought that oh, was I love that good. movie. Yeah, I thought that was good. Um, it's it's just a fun movie, which again come out in the eighties. So, um, and the other thing I was going to say here was um, just could these vampires be the same vampires that you get in from Dust Till Dawn? Could it be the same universe? I suppose it could be. I don't see why it couldn't be. Because you said earlier yeah. that. Um, so when the frog, when is it Edgar Frog, Corey Feldman, he comes out and says these vampires die differently. So it got me thinking when you talked about that, about from dusk till dawn. So when they have the, the ultimate showdown, it's like the band, isn't it? Good night, everybody, and fuck you. <laughs> they just blow up, didn't they? <laughs> and they would <all> just explode. <laughs> so they got me thinking. They they do exactly that, don't they? Some of them burn up, or I don't know. Yeah. Just wondering. That's that's an interesting point. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this this movie could perhaps be related to. I mean, I I wonder if it is related to Buffy. Do you know what I mean? Because Same I mentioned movie. earlier with Donald Sutherland, and I feel like this could take place in that same universe. Mm. You know, maybe Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Slayer is down the road in Sunnydale, and she's killing some of these vamps too. Because they feel like they could be in Buffy. Mm. These bad. You, you can imagine this gang on motorbikes turning up in an episode of Buffy. You can totally imagine that. Yeah. And I can imagine the Frog Brothers being characters in something like Buffy, you know, where they're both like badass teenagers who want to take on, and they're the only ones that can really help Buffy from time to time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just the, the imagination. So you've got my imagination going now. That's yeah, it's me too. That's it. Yeah, I've got me <laughs> flying on this one now. And the other thing I was going to say was, uh, I reckon uh, Jack Crow is the frog brother's dad <laughs> yeah well I done agree. son i agree because <laughs> you, you never see um you don't ever see their parents do you no i think the parents are the two hippies and they're, they're asleep in the store is that them or is that uh, okay possibly yeah you're probably right because i i remember somebody telling me years ago that they had a theory that the frog brothers parents were actually dead and they were vampires and that's why they do what they do. Oh, that'd but be if that'd that's be them asleep in the shop, then that's maybe that's maybe who they are. Yeah, I've, I've, I can't remember if that was just fans' theory or something like that. But that would actually make sense. That'd be quite a good backstory actually if they were orphan kids looking after themselves or something like that. So probably give them the calls. But yeah, I think um, you know there's a bit of a prequel there to be had maybe with those two guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's funny about the sequels as well because there's, you know, Corey Feldman came back as Edgar Frog. Corey Hain came back in the second one as Sam Emerson as oh, well. Did they? Oh, right. um, and Keith Keith Sutherland's half brother, Angus Sutherland, was was the vampire in that. Oh, okay. Um, and then the third one, Corey Feldman came back, and so did um, Newlander mm. uh, as Alan Frog. So, you know, they even they got them back in those movies as well, but they're the only good thing about those two movies is basically Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. There's nothing good about them other than that. It's They're shame, not great films it? in any stretch mm. of the 
See, I, I didn't watch them. I wanted to, but I thought I'm just such a fan of the original. But or you know the first one, I'll just go to that. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I don't even think you could remake this film, could you? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't want someone to because I think that generation of teenagers. This is unlike any other generation now you know teenagers mm. in the the noughties are nothing like this this group of teenagers with motorbikes and punk no. haircuts and rock music and comic books you know it's just yeah i wouldn't want them to even try to remake this it wouldn't go very well i don't think yeah i think uh, like i say these films like you said earlier it's just lightning in a bottle isn't it it's just a one-off so um but yeah no it's great is there a, um so Dan, you know it's it's been great chatting to you about this one, buddy. I couldn't honestly, mate, couldn't think of Absolutely. anybody better to have on the show for this. Um, is there anything more you want to talk about with the Lost Boys? Do you think there's anything we haven't covered? <laughs> I think I think we've covered it all. I think we've sucked every last bit of blood out of this body. <laughs> it's done. No, no listen, <laughs> but Dan. Thank I'm, you so much for having oh, me no, on. You're I welcome, really, mate. No, really, Dan, really honestly, appreciate it. Mate, I, I mean this, mate. I'm having an absolute ball having you on the show. You know, it's just. Um, as I said earlier, we was you said about Masters of the Universe, and I said here we are now on episode <laughs> five, mate, and it's just continuing. Oh, I'm loving it, mate. So it's absolute, absolutely brilliant talking to you about movies, mate. It's great. So, and anybody listening to the show could probably hear oh, thank it in you. Our I really voices, appreciate it. you know, just sort of bouncing off each other. Here. <laughs> um, but before I close the show, about the Frog Brothers. Oh God, here we are. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> pray, pray you never need to call us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll pray I never need to call you. Sure. Oh, <laughs> so, um, I listened to your latest episode, mate. I thought it was a great episode um, with podcasts on Haunted Hill. Just going on to that. Yep. Um, forgotten how violent the Candyman was actually. Um, when you spoke about that, you know, talking about some scenes in that, I thought it was quite horrific. Um, yeah, it really was. Yeah. So, um, but no, great show, mate. Uh, what have you got coming up next, you and Gav? So, our next episode of the podcast on Hunted here will be a UFO episode. So, we're going to be looking at Fire in the Sky, yeah, that classic movie, and also taking a look at a movie called The Fourth Kind with mm. Mila Jakovic from um, the Resident Evil movies. That's a really good UFO sort of alien abduction movie. So, we're going to yeah. switch things up and have a look at some aliens and some UFOs. That'd be cool, man. A subject matter that scares the shit out of me really does I remember I mean you that. mentioning this before and mm. I think if I remember rightly the reason that you think that is the same same reason that I do which is that it's quite plausible because oh, we have no absolutely. idea what is out there do we um, when you think about uh, so it scares me ju- just as much as Jaws or an alligator down in the sewer if that makes sense because they're plausible um, because it, you know alligators exist they could be down in the sewer sharks in the water um, and I'm going to say it I think there's something out there. Can't be the only ones in the universe. Um, so it could be plausible. I agree. Like that, that's out there. So, um, and it's something that I always thought was a kid as well. Um, and no one told me that, if that makes sense. No one said about aliens. I just thought there would be, looked up at the stars and, as a kid and thought, could be something out there and something could come down and get me. <laughs> And it scares the shit out of me. Up yeah, man. Matter, and, and I, I got freaked out by movies like Close Encounters of oh, the Third Kind, stuff God like almighty. that. 
Even E.T. E.T. scared the shit out of me as a kid. I got cinema trauma from that. Yeah, same. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah that could be a good episode there, man, because I'll be interested to hear what you got to say about that. Yeah. Because um, uh, Fine Sky, you know, I don't want to go into this too much because it makes you get to cover it, but um, I've seen, you know, obviously seen both these movies and I thought they were really good. Um, and again, the DB Cooper I bet you does. like Fire in the Sky. I can imagine that being right up your alley as well. Yes, um, because again, it's a, it's a well-investigated um, case. And up until this day, it, I think it's just got a plausible stamp on it. Um, because they've had the lie detector yeah. test and everything like that with it. But, um, but like I say, mate, I don't want to go into that because I'll leave that for you guys to talk about on the show. But yeah, no, look forward to that, mate. Um, and also heard that you was cool. going to be doing John Carpenter as well in a future episode. Quite excited oh, about yes. that. Mm. So in a couple of episodes time, yeah, mm. we're doing um, our third John Carpenter special. So we're doing, I think it's They Live and Escape from New York. So Fantastic. Mm, brilliant. Films, you'll be yeah. listening to that one, I should imagine. Yes, no, because like I say, mate, I know um, we talk about films together, but I do like it when I hear you guys talk. As as a podcast, do you know what I mean? Does that sort of makes sense when you're listening to two other people talking about films. As a listener, I'd like to listen to your because I think you and Gav sort of bounce off each other in a different, in a very good way. Because where Gav's, yeah, totally, you know, totally. It's same same with me. You know, I love listening to your show and just like listen to you kick back and when you have guests on and chatting mm. about films and I love the fact you bring so much random trivia to, <laughs> to your show as well so I'd never even know about you managed to dig up this really weird stuff I'm like how did he know that <laughs> here's, here's the tire reference for uh, the DeLorean <laughs> <laughs> so now you've got all that trivia I'll go on to a bite size review <laughs> Um, but no it's good man because I I mean this as a compliment as well just going on you and Gav I do find you guys as a bit of Mulder and Scully which I think is very good (laughs) no it is it is it's very good because you don't I mean again I mean this is in a good way but you don't always agree on stuff but I think that's good because you're both giving different opinions if that makes sense so uh, yeah it's good stuff man and talking about Gav. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, no. So, um, talking about Gav, he's actually coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, so he tells me. I've cast a line, I've hooked him, and he's coming on. <laughs> and uh, you talk about Unforgiven, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I said to him, I said, to, uh, you know, see if you want to choose a movie, and he's, uh, he's picked Unforgiven, so uh, we're going to take a look at that. So I've forgotten how good that film is because I'd look at it the other night, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. Well, you'll mm. have fun talking about that. He's a big fan of westerns as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, and that's a good movie that. to talk about. He's very excited. When I spoke to him the other day, he said he's very excited to discuss that with you. So, yeah, that'll be fun for you. And um, our next episode, mate, um, look at doing the Princess Bride. And um, that's all right. Yeah, we are. We're gonna um, have three of us on, aren't we? Me, you, and Kate are gonna be on for that one. Yeah, it's it's good. It's great news. Uh, spoke to Kate. She she private messaged me, and she, you know, she, it's nice. She said, you know, she's enjoying the show, and uh, she, she said, uh, you know, would I be able to come onto the show? 
And I said, you know, absolutely. It's, it's nice for her to say that. So I said, we'll get you on board. And I said to her, how about you come on? You know, me and, me and yourself are doing Princess Bride. And I think I know she likes that film as well. So, yeah, so it's all yeah. good stuff, man. So, um, oh, oh, I look so, forward to that one. That'll be good. So that's that's where I'm coming back next. Yeah. Then is it a bit of Princess yeah. Bride? A bit of Princess Bride, mate. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so look forward to that episode. Yeah, so, as, as you wish, as you wish. As they yeah, say. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Dan. Like I say, mate, it's, I've had a hell of a great time with this, the Lost Boys, you know what I mean? It's just, I'm buzzing right now. So thanks very much for coming on the show, mate. And um, so, yeah, guys, going to close the show um, for a bit of admin. I'm a proud member of the Legion podcast, so please go and check out all the other shows on Legion, including Dan's show, Podcast and Haunted Hill. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on YouTube, Spotify, and several other players on the internet if you type in Bite Size Cinema Legion. And um, I've also got a Facebook page, so post anything on there, any movies or anything you want about movies and discussions and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, keep it bite sized, guys, keep it safe, and I'll see you later. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.